The wellness company Spike Support Formula is an all natural supplement to help the people experiencing effects from COVID and the you know what. Go to twccanada.health slash rebel today. Hello, everyone joining us at home and to our BC correspondent, British Columbia correspondent, Drea Humphrey. I'm Tamara Ugolini, your co-host, and obviously I'm joined uh, by Drea to similarly co-host our daily live stream. Today is Tuesday, September the 12th, and we have a ton of content and information to bring to you. Um, so <laughs> we're having some technical difficulties. We really apologize for the late start. I think that we may have lost Drea again, but anyway, we will just get into things and hope that our technical technical details are sorted out. Uh, we're going to be looking at the heated Ottawa Carleton District School Board meeting as mask obsessed and hysterical trustee Nellie Kaplan Murth sparred off with her fellow trustees and narrowly evaded a code of conduct breach. Uh, we're going to be looking at a conservative leader of the official opposition, Pierre Polyev, who delivered a joke on board of a WestJet flight. And of course, now we have left-wing social media commentators um, spiraling into an angry tirade because of that. And then finally, just today, breaking news, Health Canada has rubber-stamped a novel mRNA booster shot. Um and that is specific to supposedly the currently circulating Omicron subvariants, depending on what you follow. Uh, and so we're going to talk a little bit about that. I think that that probably won't be YouTube safe. So for anybody who's currently joining us, you can find us streaming live on YouTube, Rumble, Getter, and Odyssey. And because of YouTube's censorious thuggery, uh, we cannot speak freely about the safe and effective narrative there. And so we will switch at some point toward the end of the show to those other platforms specifically so that we can exercise our freedom of expression and our free speech when we discuss the novel booster authorizations that just took place, as I mentioned, just less than an hour ago or a little bit over an hour ago by Health Canada in a press conference. So without further ado, actually, before we continue on, uh, if you're joining us on Rumble, you can support our work by giving us what's called a Rumble rant. And so by offering a small monetary donation, it's a great way for our audience to get their comments stated on air, get some commentary, some back and forth from Drea, myself, either or. Um, and if Drea is still having some technical difficulties, I would really appreciate having some comments from our viewers so that we can keep the banter going. Uh, so if you're able to, please contribute there and we can keep bantering on the show. I'm not sure. Drea, are you there? Do you have audio yet? Can we hear you? No, can you guys hear me good? Sorry, everybody, for the delay. I was having some uh, major audio issues. Do I sound all right? Yes, loud and clear. Perfect. Oh, to me anyway. Good. Hopefully everybody else can hear you as well. Thank you. Uh, for sorting that out. And then I guess just before we get into the news of the day, because you know, we're running a little bit behind schedule, so we're trying to kind of keep things very succinct and concise, I have to give a shout out to the uh, former Alberta pro-life group uh, called the, um, why can't I find what they're actually called? They're hosting um, Ben Shapiro on November the 12th in Calgary. And it's a very long-winded URL that they're using, unfortunately, uh, Wilberforce. So at wilberforce.com, that's formerly known as Alberta Pro-Life, you can find tickets there. They're hosting Ben Shapiro, as I mentioned, on November the 12th in Calgary. Obviously, he is one of the most well-known conservative commentators in the world. And uh, he's host of the Ben Shapiro Show. He, and he is one of America's most watched pro-life advocates, columnist, lawyer, and best-selling author. He's really well known for, I suppose, his relentless ability to tackle 
uh, the culture wars and the hottest cultural topics of our time. And for our rebel supporters and viewers, you can get exclusive access to the event, early access, by heading over to that website. I think it's wilberforce.com and there's a couple forward slashes. But anyway, if you just go to wilberforce.com, you can find their Shapiro event. And if you type in the code rebel at checkout, then you can pre-order and uh, obtain your tickets before anybody else. So we wanted to give them a little bit of a shout out. And uh, you have two months to go, but they suspect and expect that it will be a sold out show. So you can head on over there and get your tickets. Yeah, so sure. without further ado, we can uh, we can touch on unhinged, mask obsessed, Nilly Kaplan Mirth. She's the oh. uh, recently and controversial uh, trustee at the Ottawa Carleton District School Board. And they held a special meeting last night, September 11th, to discuss a code of conduct violation that was issued against her. The complaint was filed by trustee Donna Dixon, who alleged that Mirth breached sections 3.17 and 3.18 of the code of conduct in a series of text messages exchanged by the two, where it was alleged that Mirth's comments became increasingly racist and abusive. I think there's the third tweet that's embedded in the article there. You can see a sample of, of the tweets. Um, unfortunately, Nellie Kaplan-Mirth has me blocked from Twitter, so I don't see each and everything that she posts. But her, her tweets, um, and it's been alleged repeatedly by others, that her presence on Twitter is really bullying and harassing. Um, she is just relentless with allegations against anyone who disagrees with her, really, uh, will resort to things like calling them racists, excuse me, bigots, homophobes, transphobes, I mean, the list, anything that she can slander and, and slam you on with in terms of ad hominem attacks, she will. Um, so she was urging people at this time, other her fellow trustees, to abstain or vote for her motion at the time. I believe this was in November of 2023, she, as we mentioned, is a mask-obsessed trustee, and she put forward a motion to mandate masking once again in schools in the ottawa Carleton District School Board region, um, and she meddled in her own motion and tried to convince and compel other trustees to vote with her and or abstain. And in this particular instance, uh, with Donna Dixon, who is a Black woman, um, she told her that she shouldn't vote with white supremacists. And Donna Dixon, as you can see, maybe, are we showing it on screen there? Uh, Donna, Donna Dixon responded, leave me alone. Uh, and she said, don't talk to me about equity then. And the board meeting itself, we have a clip here um, when Nilly became really unhinged and argumentative. And the radical Lyra Evans, the, the, the Ottawa Carleton District School Board is really comprised of very radical trustees and board members. So it's really funny to see kind of like the uh, the war of the progressives and how they're they're internally fighting it reminded me really of a kindergarten class it was like please stop like being her. argumentative it's <laughs> and, a lot like and, her yeah and so I, I don't know if we can go back to that clip there um but lyra evans had to call a recess because of nilly's just unhinged inability to contain and control herself March 29th is more than six months after the interaction that she's complaining about that is out of order, according to the, the uh, Education Act. Sorry, can you repeat that? Her complaint about November 24th was lodged on May 29th. That is more than six months after the event. This is out of order. So the complaint was lodged at the beginning of February, less than three months after the incident. The policy at the time had a three-month window. I'm going to look to Executive Officer Giroux to explain this further. Sorry, I just opened the relevant section. March 29th is more than... Yeah, so there's some other clips that, that follow. Yeah, yeah there's a different um, clip. He just kind of loses it and interrupts and... I don't know if we have that handy, but I just want to say, you know, when people talk about Krell Swab and the way he looks, like he fits the role. He looks literally like the villain. And I feel like 
thing with her is she really fits the Karen of all Karen's looks. Like I, I don't want to be petty and look at the looks, but I just mean they're fitting such into that character look. And can we go back to a time when school boards were not so spicy and exciting? Like I have seen <laughs> so many videos that go viral of school boards. Like what is mm -hmm. going on here? This is supposed to be children. And the stuff that's happening with these people on the boards, it's just a reminder. Start paying attention to your municipal elections because, of course, way less people vote in those things. But look how important it is um, when you have people like Nelly Updar, who we've been reporting on for quite some time. It looks like she, uh, there's an article here uh, from True North. It says, Ottawa School, this school trustee, Nelly Kaplan, barely survived code of conduct vote. So, that's sort of what this is all about. And a total of eight votes were required to rule that she breached the code, but only seven voted in favor and four abstained. And so in brackets, it says likely those who have supported her and her childish antics since she won as trustee a year ago. But do we have any of those clips that are a little bit more spicy to show? Because I think that would be really good if we have those handy. Well, I embedded a couple in the oh here it is yes this one here let's let's roll this one she was attacked in a meeting a black woman by a white woman there are other times when members sorry of this, i'm gonna object i'm a jewish woman <laughs> so it's really funny because I, I don't think we can just cut this but everyone well, it goes on longer, but yeah. But that's when uh, Lyra has to shut it down. Everyone. Order. This meeting is going on recess. So embarrassing. The thing is, is that Nilly's really getting a taste of her own medicine here. Um, Nilly went viral last year after she, what was called at the time, democratically oppressed a parental delegation from Nick Morabito, who was delegating on the basis of questioning the safety of his daughters to use bathrooms where biological males could willy-nilly decide that they're female that day and have free access to school change rooms and school washrooms, female specific school change rooms and washrooms due to a board policy. And we did an interview with him uh, back in the spring of 2022, and he was silenced and cut off by Nellie Kaplan-Murph. So it's funny, they've come full circle. You're really seeing uh, Nellie is now being silenced and cut off because she just can't contain herself. Um, she becomes so unhinged. And you can see there's a couple embedded tweets in the article that I wrote up, one from Chanel Fall, who we've also interviewed previously, um, where Nilly becomes unhinged after the meeting and even potentially assaults uh, an independent journalist. I think this is Donald, actually, upon closer look. Donald he Smith. Was, He's now called Independent Media Ottawa. I think so. Sure. Well, not, uh, for my own safety, for my own safety, no. it will be where not inside the board. No. Yeah. You can look at that room there. Sure. Monica. I'm not Rebel News. I'm not Rebel News. I'm independent. You can't kick me out. We're independent right now. She can't kick me out. I'm not part of Rebel News. Get out. We are speaking on our own. No, we are speaking on our own. You can come in and speak afterwards. Right? Can you please tell her I'm going to speak right now Excuse where me. I don't have others around? Out! No, it's out. a public meeting. I'm not rubbing no, news. get out! Don't, don't, out. don't, no, no, no. don't do that. I to to. Get See, I have you on video, Dr. Nell. You assault me, you... Oh! Yeah, there's another angle did of that, that where she... Chantel, did you see that? Where she closes the door. Right on him. And another so... Angle. Donald Smith, he used to be independent media BC, but he is an autistic journalist. And here she is slamming the door on him. She doesn't even know what she's talking about. He's never been a Rebel News reporter. And according to him, he's assaulting. I never saw the other angle, Tamara. What did you think from seeing the other angle? 
the ang other angle is pretty, uh, you can clearly see that she's slamming the door onto him. Um, I did embed that one in the article too. It's this, it's the one right under Chanel's piece or sorry, Chanel's tweet, uh, or post. That's going to be so hard to get used to, uh, this Twitter renaming. If we, I think it's only 10 seconds. If we could just throw to that one quickly. Um, yeah. it's just embedded in the article right after that Chanel one we just watched. Let me just grab the link here. Oh, sorry, it's 34 seconds. Whoops. Yeah, she's really, uh, like you said, it's all coming down. Oh, oh, oh. oh it's oh, a public meeting. Nope, get out. Get out. I get get out. out. I have you on video, Dr. Oh, Nelly. You assault me. You. Oh, please. Yeah, there it is. People are getting abused just for being when people think they're, <laughs> you know, we have to do a stand with Donald Smith now and he's not even a rebel news point. But yeah, this is, I mean, it's not surprising to me because she's always kind of been crazed, but that's good. Yeah, and if you go back to uh, one of my previous tweets, I just posted a short clip of Nilly. Uh, months and months ago when she was wearing a mask in a Zoom call. And she says basically that uh, anyone who wants to get back to normal, she calls them far-right, anti-mask, anti-vax, ableists. Like if people just wanted to get back to normal, they, they were being called far-right, anti-vax, ableists, according to Family doctor, nonetheless, Nilly Kaplan-Murth. Uh, and we posted a really short clip about that here. Yeah, I mean, it's two and a half minutes. Maybe we won't play it uh, all, but here's a little teaser. It is inappropriate to say that masks are some form of harm hardship. They are not. They are not cruelty, Matt. They are not in any way restricting people's ability to make friends, to play, to work, to do any of the things. In fact, there are places in the world where even, uh, for example, in Italy, opera singers are on stage wearing masks. There is nothing that you are saying that, that is based in science or medicine. What you are saying is based in right-wing, anti-mask, anti-vax ideology, which has been your calling card throughout the pandemic. All right, let's let him respond. Sorry, I missed, you, said, uh, you said something and then anti-mask, anti-vaccine? Uh, Right-wing, maybe? Right-wing. Oh, okay, thank you. Okay. <laughs> what I'm saying very clearly is you have stood with people. You were part of the the push to politicize and to to use the terms restrict and freedom and all of this terminology that is really I mean vaccines vaccine mandates are quite normal. We've always had them. School boards require that students are immunized against measles, mumps, rubella, chickenpox, meningitis. It's a normal thing. The thing that I love so much about that clip is that I posted the uh, screenshots and embedded them in what she's saying that directly contradicts what she's saying. And, um, and, and this was on the Steve Pakin show. It's actually from September of 2022. So a year ago, uh, and he, the host, Steve Pakin asked Nelly, you know, you're in your office alone. Why just, just to, to, to try to get the, your side of the story here, why are you wearing a mask? And she just went off. And by the end of it, you know, her eyes, it's all in the eyes for me. Uh, mm -hmm. you can see her eyes become so enraged and aggressive and her face is all red and flushed because, I mean, arguably she probably ca she can't breathe. Uh, she's not getting enough oxygen and she's exerting so much energy trying to fight everybody all the time. Um, it, so you know, the fact that she evaded this code of conduct allegation based on one lacking vote is just absolutely absurd at this point. No one voted against it. Seven voted for and four people abstained. And so they needed eight, as that article in mine did mention as well, as that stipulated. And um, they just didn't have that one additional person who had the fortitude to come forward and vote against her increasingly aggressive and nonsensical behavior. Like This is to be a trustee and to act with such professional disregard is really sad and 
think part of why Ontario's education minister, Stephen Lecce, instituted that new legislation, the um, the Better Schools and Student Outcomes Act, to increase school board accountability and rein in hysterical trustees, just like Nellie Kaplan-Murph. And for anybody, too, who's curious, we, um, we launched a petition and campaign against Nellie because she was repeatedly having the GoFundMe petition. Uh, no, sorry, not GoFundMe. Um, what's that petition page uh, that was shutting people down? Go get, Go get something? It? Yeah, Go. no, I can't. Anyway, she there was two petitions it's launched by. It's... No, it was another one. Um, there was two petitions launched by concerned Ottawa parents who wanted to see Nilly removed uh, from her position as trustee after these comments and the way that she was conducting herself and her excessive and extreme bullying and harassment online. Um, and the platform repeatedly took down their petitions. And so, oh, change.org. That's it. Oh, change.org. Uh, so Rebel oh, of course. News. You should have just said Bill Gates's uh, petition <laughs> company. Yeah. So we started our own petition at firenilly.com. There is hundreds of thousands of signatures there. And so, you know, as she comes back into the news once again, if you would like to see this radical extremist removed from her position as trustee, then head over to firenilly.com, sign our petition. Sheila did uh, drop it off a few months back. And Nelly once again became completely unhinged, screamed at Sheila, slammed the door in her face. Um, so I think it's an appropriate time to kind of revamp that petition and keep the pressure on the Ottawa Carleton District School Board, who has a few, at least a few members who are too scared to vote against Nilly. Yeah, look, here she becomes just so unhinged. And like, she's carrying her mask in her purse. And this claims to be someone who follows the science yeah. and is all about cleanliness and hygiene. Um, yeah, she comes back and she's she's shouting at Sheila here. You will back off. <laughs> and she looks even more ridiculous because Sheila is so calm. I know. Sheila did really good there. But Mass became almost like a superhero cape for some people who I think have never had an ounce of bravery in their life before. It was like you put this on and automatically it made them a good person when they're not. It made them a lifesaver when they're not saving any lives. And people just don't want to let that die. And I think it probably causes so much anxiety and frustration when you see people walking around happy and smiling and you can't get rid of that. You can't get rid of that thing and you want everybody to just fall in line so bad. It must be terrifying and it's sad and I can't imagine my family doctor being like that. Yeah, her patients. Um, I, yeah, I would be extremely concerned. Hey, if you're a patient of Nellie Kaplan-Murth and you'd like to come forward with some information, feel free to reach out to us. Tips at rebelnews.com. Um, we would love to hear from you. So let's go to a quick ad break then, I guess, Drea, and we'll come back to some more conservative versus liberal news pieces. We're facing an imminent threat. A planned blackout of all news content in Canada is coming to Facebook and Instagram, threatening to silence rebel news and those who depend on us for the other side of the story. The cause? Well, Justin Trudeau's new censorship law, Bill C-18, which demands social media companies pay news outlets for the news stories their users share on the platform. It's a shakedown and a desperate attempt to keep the mainstream media afloat. It seems the billions in taxpayer subsidies just aren't enough to keep the country's propagandists in business. But Meta, Facebook's parent company, has chosen to block Canadian news content rather than comply, Rebel News included. Many have already lost their ability to access our Facebook and Instagram pages. The blackout will soon affect every user in Canada. But fear not, we have had a plan to protect your access to our news content. We've partnered with Private Internet Access, PIA, a VPN provider dedicated to safeguarding digital privacy. For just $2 a month, you can maintain your access to our content across all your devices. And unlike other VPN providers, PIA does not store any user data as it's automatically deleted from their servers to avoid leaks and government subpoenas for information. Their servers are located in all 50 states, not the ones in communist China. You can visit PIAVPN.com slash rebelnews and enjoy an exclusive 83% discount and four months free. 
Use it to bypass regional restrictions and stream your favorite shows from anywhere in the world. And stick it to Trudeau's new censorship law. Safeguard freedom of speech and join us to combat Trudeau's censorship today at piavpn.com slash rebelnews. What a time to be alive where you need to have a VPN just to be able to access news on social media platforms in the once free and democratic nation of Canada. Uh, Mm -hmm. We have a quick super chat to get to from World's Worst Gamer says, thanks, Rebel News. Well, thanks, World's Worst Gamer, for your support. Um, Happy to be here to provide contrarian views and point out the hypocrisy of the bureaucracy, especially when they become an act like unhinged lunatics. Um, (laughs) (laughs) In recent news, uh, uh, the Justin Trudeau Liberal Caucus is spooked by the polls. This CBC article says that Liberal MPs hope Trudeau hears their concerns as the caucus gathers. Caucus members want to settle on on strategy to counter conservative leader Pierre Polyev's attacks. And it goes on to say that... Some Liberal members of Parliament are heading into a National Caucus retreat this week, say they're facing blowback from voters at the doorsteps. Surprise, surprise, and the Liberals actually go out and conduct door knocking and talk to people on the ground. They see just how angry and frustrated Canadians have become. And they hope the Prime Minister and his inner circle, right, the ones who are completely out of touch sitting up in their ivory towers, listen to their concerns before it's too late and of course, this uh, the meetings will start Tuesday in London, Ontario, a battleground region of southwestern Ontario, as the party faces its worst polling numbers since forming government in 2005. Finally, it's coming to their doorstep, too. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they should be scared. The people are tired of being quiet on certain issues. If you read the article, it says that what they're complaining about is things like climate change and cost of living. I'm sure, obviously, cost of living is a big one. I didn't see any mentions of freedom and what's happened to our democracy, but you know that's a concern. It would be hilarious if a liberal came knocking on a door, like even myself or my husband to answer that. Uh, it would be quite funny. And now it says ahead of the gathering that they were having, um, that CBC spoke to cousin and and that they told CBC they don't feel the prime minister listens to their views or solicits their advice. So they're turning on their own. Maybe some will cross the floor. I know that's, uh, you know, I know that rarely happens, but you never know. Um, They spoke to about a dozen MPs and granted some confidentiality so that they could speak freely. They said they plan to use the next few days to urge the prime minister, his office and cabinet to offer a fresh plan to Canadians on the top issues of the day. Because many don't believe the government's current communication strategy is working. So there is a lot of trouble going on. It reminds me of, you know, I can't remember, and I should remember that MP's name. He was a French MP who finally spoke out about how divisive the Prime Minister was being during the freedom climate and stuff, and that must have taken a lot of courage to do. <laughs> but these <laughs> ones are behind Who knows, maybe he's one of them, we don't know, that are saying this is getting ridiculous. He And they're saying they don't have anything to do with how he's behaving, basically. Yeah, exactly. Well, and it shows that the party's really being undermined by the actions of Trudeau and uh, and the, 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 the party's losing credibility. Um, yeah. That's the only way to put it. And this comes as the Conservatives, I think they surged 12, 14% ahead in the polls. Uh, just yesterday, we, we talked about it a little bit on the live stream. But uh, recently at the Conservative Convention over the weekend, grassroots Conservatives voted against surgical and hormone replacement therapies for transgendered kids. And of course, the same media is the mainstream media. This particular article is from CTV News, but they're all up in arms about it, Um, you know, saying that this will essentially uh, kill children and cost them their lives. Meanwhile, we know that as people who have gone transition and come out on the other side, it doesn't change any of their uh, mental health concerns and that kind of suicidal ideation that seems to be a big component of gender dysphoria 
and the need to seek gender affirming care is what it's quote unquote being called. Um, but it, it was 69%. Now it was a non-binding vote, mind you, but 69% of grassroots conservatives voted in favor of disavowing this idea of gender affirming care. And that's not to say, you know, that anything about trans lives or trans kids, which, well, Billboard Chris goes around and just simply asks people, what is a trans kid? No one seems to be able to answer that um, pointedly. But this is just simply about holding back on hormone therapies, irreversible pharmaceutical interventions and surgical interventions on minors, on children under the age of 18, who don't have a rational, fully developed brain to make these life-altering con conclusions. And they're really not being given true informed consent from what I've seen and from what I've heard on the ground reporting. Dre, I know you followed this file also very closely. And it seems to be the same across the board that these kids aren't being given true informed consent and they come out on the other side of it and they regret it. Of course, the parents aren't being told too most of the time. Um, but what's interesting, I mean, if you want to use the word interesting, but what I do find interesting about this is that just like the prime minister seems to be out of touch um, with his party MPs, the CBC and the CTV, because a lot of them are talking about this, are out of touch with, I think, what the people think on this issue, because they're not saying, no, there can be no gender care. They're against child mutilation and sterilization. I think it was delegates. Mm -hmm. um, and and pro, like you said, waiting till a child's frontal cortex is developed. That's the area of the brain that doesn't get developed till around age 25. And it's responsible for things like reasoning, judgment, problem solving. So if you're going through a hard time and you're 12 years old, you know, maybe you're getting rejected by the opposite sex. Do you think you want to be the opposite sex? I've heard that story before. Um, so, you know, they don't have these skills. And so what we're seeing here is most conservatives are saying, no, let's wait till the brain's develop, they're older, help them in other ways. And so the news doesn't understand that. That's like, they're, they're like, oh, you know, they're killing kids. But really, I think a lot of people are looking at that and going, oh, this is a reason to vote for the conservatives. And I right. think they're not realizing they're actually promoting the conservatives. There is a Tory candidate. I think we have it here. Um, that's running for the CBC. Or sorry, sorry CBC. <laughs> well, in some ways, no. Running for the conservative party. And uh, this candidate is transgender and is also saying, hey, you know, this could lead to deaths uh, with kids. So it could. What I want to know is, first of all, it's like you said, we know that when they are already transitioning, they're suicidal. We know when we speak with e-transitioners, almost all of them, at least all the ones I've interviewed, say the same thing something else traumatic happened to them or was going on in their lives and they wish they received counseling for that. And of course, that's been a lot with you know, the suicide ideation. But where were these people who are so concerned about kids killing themselves in this very small group of kids that are gender dysphoric or you know, being educated on how to become gender dysphoric? Where were they during lockdowns? where kids were actually killing themselves at such drastic high rates. Where were they, where was the concern about child suicide then? I didn't hear it from anybody really in a position of power, except for those who were being labeled far-right extremists for doing it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Actually, I had a write-up. Um, here it is. I'm just going to show because, you know, a lot of parents didn't need the stats, but now that we have the statistics and they're in, it clearly shows that the pandemic negatively affected uh, Canadian youth and will haunt them for decades, for the rest of their lives, arguably. Um, and they were all knee-jerk, fear-driven school closures that were a result of hysteria, not evidence. And mm -hmm. it vindicates those parental concerns early on that they, who knew that these measures were harmful and mm -hmm. also unjustified. Um, and so this report came out from the Fraser Institute and it showed that in excessive amounts of mental health concerns in children who suffered the ill effects of lockdowns, of social isolation, of masking, right? We cannot forget that masking has a serious psychological effect 
on children who are in peak and prime stages of their cognitive and emotional and social development. Um, so I hyperlink the, the full um, study and report in that particular written piece. But, you know, remember at the onset of the pandemic, you were called a selfish grandma killer and arguably these individuals who claim to care so much about kids and the rights of the child and trans um, rights. Well, as you mentioned, where were they when this stuff was happening and inflicting harm on children? Because nobody was advocating for, um, in Ontario, look at 135 weeks, sorry, 135 days of school closures, the most out of any other province in Canada, arguably anywhere in North America and developed nations across the world. And you didn't have anybody coming out and denouncing any of that. Yeah, no, disgusting child abuse went up too. babies were coming in with their heads fractured at higher rates than before. Oh. And there's all the fallout that we we haven't even touched on the fallout from them, like things like Tourette's and kids went up. What's that about? And, you know, you have family doctors like Nilly saying there's no harms with masks. Are you kidding me on kids? Anybody who's taken child psychology, which I assume she's taken before knows how important something called modeling is for the younger kids. They literally don't know how to express themselves with their face unless they see other people doing it. So just not see their peers, not see their teacher. And I just remember being in Costco without wearing a mask very much. Um, and I remember smiling at a child, like a baby who had the mask on. Mm -hmm. And everybody, well, that's what we do when we're in the grocery store and we lock eyes with a baby. We smile. Everybody does it. We make eye contact and smile. And that gives them this assurance that when they're in this big, unfamiliar space, it's okay. But they weren't getting that. I don't even know what kind of effect that had on kids. I didn't even teach my little guy to the grocery store during that whole time because I didn't want them seeing, you know, a sea of fear. It, it's such a terrifying looking thing to me. So, Yeah, and, and contrary to that also, I think you saw the seniors who were so negatively affected similarly uh -huh. by social isolation by lockdowns, by these measures. And something that I remember as a parent pre in the pre-COVID and the before times is how much little old ladies at the grocery store would just love to see small children and babies. And they would stop and they'd coo at them and they'd interact a little bit. And you know, if your baby or your toddler interacted back, they would just be totally smitten. And uh -huh. the masking and the forced social distancing rules and the isolation completely killed all of those opportunities to engage with your fellow humans, fellow humanity in those small little interactions that we didn't think twice about before. Now you didn't have them at all. And that devastated not only an entire generation of youth who um, probably benefited on some level from those minute, seemingly minute interactions that actually form your ability to socially interact and communicate, right? Because we have no idea what the effects of that, um, that quelling will be on future generations because we've always just had it. And so this is really unprecedented. I have a toddler who was born in 2021, um, who I think it was the fourth or fifth lockdown at the time. You know, even postpartum, I couldn't even go out and buy him new baby clothes or myself clothes that fit because everything was shuttered once again. And so I could see firsthand having a few children prior to him, the effects that it was having on infants being out masked, isolated. We tried to keep things as normal as possible, but it still wasn't because everything was closed and shuttered and the mask mandates were in full effect. So um, that's anecdotal, but I definitely saw it and I recognized the, um, the curbing effect that it had on his development during those peak uh, times in his cognition and his social needs. Um, but anyway, let's, let's continue on because we have... A clip here from Pierre Polyev, many of you may have already seen it, but it's circulating online, where he makes jokes um, on boarding a WestJet flight and really is offering some, uh, some comedic relief, right? Canadians are struggling, they're fed up, they're frustrated, they're angry, and he swoops in and offers some, uh, some jokes on a WestJet plane. So we'll play the clip and then we'll come back to uh, show you the backlash he's received. Hello everyone. 
This is Pierre Polyev. Happy to join you for a wonderful West Trek flight back to my hometown of Calgary. Who's ready for a home you can afford? Who's ready for some common sense? Who's ready to give a big thank you to the WestJet pilots and crew? This is your captain warning a little bit of turbulence, but it will only last about two years. Here's the thing. The left is losing it over that clip. I know uh, Polyev posted it on his Twitter himself. They're boycotting, uh, you know, WestJet now. We have uh, Jan here. What's her last name again? Jan Arden. Yeah, Jan Arden. Right. She's from CTV. And so she's posted making a big deal saying, hey, WestJet, you and I will not be doing business ever again. This is so ridiculously disappointing. Um, I've seen doctors saying things on Twitter, but here's the thing. The plane was for delegates, conservative delegates. Like, it, it wasn't even just like a random WestJet flight here. So, uh, you know, it probably would have been handled differently. And if I'm not mistaken, I think WestJet actually put out a statement about that too. But even when they find that out, even when people in their comments are like, hey, hey, like it wasn't a normal flight. It was all of their conservative delegates then they don't back down. They still have this illogical, like, we must destroy WestJet mentality. And don't get me wrong. If, if I saw Trudeau up on WestJet, or something, I'd, I'd probably say something like as a joke, like, oh, like, you know, that's not a good look or something. But no, man, I'm still going to get the cheapest flight to get me where I need to go. <laughs> the cancellation over something like that. And it's just so amazing, like the things that trigger left to such a degree, they get so angry. And I think mm -hmm. part of that is maybe they don't understand how he's getting the traction he is getting, especially when he wants, um, you know, state preferred media defunded. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, you know, one of his, his campaign platforms, uh, slogans just seems to be bring common sense home. And I think that's really resonating with Canadians, but I thought it was really funny. Jan Arden is, um, a musician and so she's really well known for her song insensitive and uh, someone wrote in the comments uh, of her tweet, you might have some advice to give on how to be insensitive. If ever, anyone knows that song, oh, that was so funny. And uh, you know, we really need that comedic relief, right? You, that's why I love David Menzies, because it's like these are serious topics that you can dissect and discuss and report on. But at the end of the day, they are it can be really negative and it can really drag you down. And so having someone who's just ready to make light of a situation is so refreshing um, and great to see. And, uh, and then, Paulia, it's not like a cheerleader, Paulia, but I know there's someone always in the comments who's like, ah, you guys are talking about it too much, but it's like, you know, if he's going to do something bad, we're going to talk about it too. But right now he really is on a roll when it comes to going up against the liberals. You saw that earlier in the conversation when you talked about their MPs, their sweat and bullets. Um, and, and that was funny. That was a good joke. And people are seeing it. People are getting mad about it. But again, I think it's going to have the opposite effect where people are like, uh, you know, really weird. Uh, you know, I don't really like the Canada I'm seeing under, you mm -hmm. know, three terms. If you don't. Yeah, exactly. Um, Canadians are, it's hitting Canadians where it hurts, which is in their pocketbooks. Um, so Without further ado, let's get into this Health Canada authorization of the novel mRNA booster. Now, Drea, I suspect that you and I will want to go off a little bit and not be censored by YouTube's community standards. So I propose to show this first clip um, where they make this announcement and tell Canadians to watch out for misinfo because that'll be great to keep on YouTube. But then after we play this clip, we're going to switch over to some of those other platforms, Rumble, Odyssey, and Getter. Um, and we're going to continue the conversation over there. What do you think? I think that's the wisest choice. <laughs> All right, let's play that first clip and then we'll come back and chat. 
mask on. Health Canada continues to use rigorous and independent scientific processes to ensure all health products meet our stringent requirements for safety, efficacy, and quality before allowing them on the market. And as with all of Health Canada's vaccine and drug authorizations, we want to stress that we only examine the most robust scientific evidence from trusted and reliable sources. We recognize that there's an abundance of information available that's sometimes false and exaggerated. We encourage people to consider their sources of information very carefully. As we did with all our COVID-19 vaccines, we're publishing a number of documents about this decision, including the Canadian product monograph and the regulatory decision summary, which provides a high-level summary of the evidence that we reviewed. All of this information is available on the Government of Canada's main COVID-19 website. Health Canada and the Public Health Agency of Canada will monitor for any adverse events in collaboration with the provinces and territories, international partners, and manufacturers. As with all vaccines, we will take action if any new safety issues are identified. Today's authorization provides people in Canada with more protection against COVID-19. I know we all wish COVID-19 no longer existed, but people are still getting infected and vaccination continues to be one of the most effective ways to protect ourselves against serious outcomes, including severe illness, hospitalization, and death. Vaccine protection decreases over time, which means many of us are due for another dose. Receiving a shot of the new formulation will help protect people against the variants circulating currently and expected to circulate through the fall and winter. They just rubber stamped it, you know, and this authorization, uh, this interim order authorization that was basically pivoted to just be a permanent part of the pharmaceutical approval process doesn't uphold the typical checks and balances that were previously in place to bring these products to market. Um, you have to be so mindful of the words that they use. They're still using authorized. That's authorized under that interim order that was pivoted after one year of being implemented to be essentially permanent, um, a permanent process. And it's based on rolling submissions. The pharmaceutical manufacturer can continue to submit safety data on a rolling basis. So like, literally, while it's ongoing, while it's being conducted, they will submit the data to continue the authorization. This isn't a full approval. And we've no. seen that repeatedly where Health Canada basically just follows suit with other jurisdictions and gives their rubber stamp, gives their rubber stamp. Um, and sorry, I should clarify that if we're not off of YouTube, I think that we should cut YouTube and just go to those other platforms so we can speak freely. So please join us over there if you haven't already. Um, and so I did a, a quick written piece here, just, just throwing to the fact that Health Canada has just authorized these novel boosters. And that person that you heard, that masked individual, it was funny, their press conference, I think there was five of them. They were all socially distanced, sitting six feet apart, wearing their masks inside. They would take them off to speak and put them back on when they were done. And so that particular individual is uh, Sapriya Sharma. She's the chief medical advisor at Health Canada. And uh, they're going ahead, approving the Moderna spike, va spike vax. Omicron XBB 1.5 subvariant specific booster um, for anybody aged six months and up. And so uh, they're also going to be moving to do the same for Pfizer and I think Novavax as well. Um, I, I mean, yeah, go on. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm planning to do a more robust report on this. I wanted to throw to um, a report that I did just a couple weeks ago, and I question, you know, why you should think twice before you go out and get a COVID booster, and it really booster has to do. Well, do you know what number we're on now? Like, what you're supposed if you're an adult, what number you're supposed to have now? Because I well, so counting. there was there was the um, this is the third booster that's different. So there was the two the there was the original dose. And then there was the booster dose that was tested on eight mice. And now this one is a different booster that's specific to Omicron subvariants. So you have the original COVID vaccines and you had the Omicron specific one. And now this is an Omicron variant specific one. Um, 
And, you know, maybe actually before we get into this other piece, um, they're actually not going to be calling intentionally not calling them boosters anymore because it will be just an annual or maybe even a biannual injection that you have to receive. Yeah. And it always is a booster anyways. (laughs) It's always just another shot. Like, I don't even know why they're not boosting. It just didn't work. And you're getting it again. Yeah. If we have that clip where I think it's Tam says that they're intentionally not using, not calling it a booster. Yeah. This, I hope this is it. With today's authorization, NACI is reaffirming its guidance on the use of COVID-19 vaccines this fall. NACI recommends authorized age groups get an updated COVID-19 vaccine dose this fall, six months after their last vaccine dose or infection. We will have enough supply of the updated COVID-19 vaccines to support immunization programs across Canada. The Omicron variant continues to evolve, with XBB subvariants such as EG.5 continuing to circulate in Canada and globally. Canada has also reported 11 cases of the Omicron subvariant BA.2.86. This improved immune response is expected to better protect against the strains that are circulating in our communities. If if it has been more than six months since your last dose of COVID-19 vaccine or your last infection, your protection from the virus may have waned. Receiving a COVID-19 vaccine dose this fall with an updated formulation is expected to increase individual protection against infection, symptoms, and severe disease. This is particularly important for people at increased risk of severe outcomes, such as people 65 years and older individuals with underlying medical conditions, pregnant people, and those living or working in congregate living settings. Pregnant people. Vaccination in combination with personal protective measures are integral tools to reduce the negative impact of respiratory illnesses. This is especially important as we head into the colder months when people spend more time indoors and the risk of respiratory illness increases. Yeah, that wasn't the specific clip about boosters, but regardless, there's a lot that you can pull out of that. Um, First and foremost, I note here as the virus continues to evolve, that is literally virology 101. That's what viruses do. They mutate and they become less and less viral, less virulent um, because they don't want to kill their host. If a virus kills its host, which it needs to survive, then it dies too. So that's not what viruses do. Right. And of course, people who have comorbidities are more likely to die because the virus obviously didn't know what was going on. So, I mean, whoever came up with the idea of making variants famous, which is what we've done over the last few years, is a genius for Big Pharma. It's such a big money boosting thing. I am glad that the last time I looked at it, which granted was probably a couple of months ago, the uptake for kids getting these vaccines in China was extremely low. I don't think that it's going to yes. go up. And, um, so we have that. I'm noticing, and let us know in the comments if you're noticing this too, with your loved ones, with your friends, I'm noticing a huge difference in the attitude towards these vaccines. Everybody's got COVID. Everyone knows somebody who had COVID. Many know someone who got injured from the vaccine or who has never felt the same since getting it. In fact, many of them don't feel the same. So I don't know, I don't think this campaign is going to do very well. Um, I know British Columbia is about to roll out their fall uh, vaccination campaign, so I'll be looking at that very closely. One thing I also know that's interesting is, you know, many people, I think over 70% of Canadians get their news from Oh, I think we're losing your audio there, Drea. Sorry, it sounds a little bit like you're underwater. Oh, okay. Well, I'll shut up now and you can go. I said enough. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, what I was just going to say, though, is, is again, you have to watch what they say. And so she says in this clip, um, it's expected to better protect, right? Not that it will. They're not, they're no, they, they seem to be kind of trying to distance themselves from the affirmative safe and effective narrative. Um, and they say things like it's expected to better protect. We don't really know, but it's expected to. So I guess get your shot and we'll find out. Um, 
if it's been more than six months, you better be rolling up your sleeves because I thought we were sold on the fact that those originals and then the Omicron specific booster was safe and effective, right? The whole point about being effective was that it would affect infection and spread. And we see that that's not even possible. And I mean, the reference to pregnant people in and of itself is just laughable because anybody who knows anything about biology and science knows that only women with uteruses can get pregnant. Yes. Um, and pregnant, you know, and breastfeeding moms alone with these experimental jobs that we've covered many times, they knew nothing about their, um, you know, how effective they were and they were not safe, not even for the rats. So leave these pregnant women alone. My goodness. Yeah. And well, I have, I had done a previous report a couple of weeks ago, um, why you should think twice before getting a COVID booster. And this of course was prior to this new novel injection being authorized uh, under an interim order, but uh, new COVID scariant. And in that article there, um, I point out that the package insert itself, so that's a product monograph, what the manufacturer said about its own product was that they tested uh, the for safety in pregnancy. Um, the community Omicron specific booster insert says that there's no data available yet regarding the use of the original and the Omicron BA.4 slash 5 during pregnancy. The exact same thing was said for Moderna's spike, spike Vax product monograph. They didn't test it for genotoxicity. That's the ability for it to cause cellular mutations and damage genetic information. That just straight up was not even assessed. Exactly. They also didn't, didn't assess it for its carcinogenic potential whether or not it has the ability to cause cancer. These things are clearly laid out in the manufacturer's own product monograph. They say but this about up. their own product. Yeah, but and shut yet up here and you have Health Canada. Yeah. Yeah, telling you, watch out for your sources of information and you better follow the national immunization's recommendations because we want to keep Canadians safe and protected. And, you know, they're, they're directly contradicting the manufacturer's own advice. Um, did another report in December of 2022, almost a year ago, where the manufacturers themselves never studied, at that time, NACI, our National Immunization Council, was, uh, was recommending that anybody can go out and get their, their COVID shot with their flu shot. And if you have a child and you want to vaccinate them against COVID, they can get them at the same time as their routine childhood immunization uh, shots as well. And so I looked at the package insert once again from the manufacturer themselves, their own data. And it clearly said in there that that had never been established to be safe or effective. And NACI's own guidance document, which I linked to in this full report, states that, uh, that there, the co-administration was actually hindering the development of antibodies these two various like like to the other shots and so the the injecting these concurrently what it was called or co-administered administering them actually hindered the eff efficacy of both shots um, and so instead of actually following the science and their own guidance document the NACI just went ahead and stated anybody can go out and get their COVID shot at the same time as their other shots because they wanted they didn't want to compromise the uptake of vaccination in general. And they thought that if you couldn't get your vaccines at the same time as your COVID vaccine, then it would prevent uh, the public health agenda of vaccinating everybody as quickly and as swiftly as possible. That was their issue, or that was their, um, their reliance was on the campaign to vaccinate everybody rather than the actual science. That's what everything's been on. That's what the vaccine passports were and the punishment about flying and not going to restaurants. It wasn't about the spread of COVID. It was about complying with these vaccines. They don't want you reading the fine print. Uh, they want you hearing the propaganda and falling in line with it. Um, I don't know if you can hear me now, but I was saying the one plus side of the, the bill that Facebook isn't showing news is that less people are going to see the propaganda. And um, so we'll see what happens. Mm. Mm -hmm. That's a good point. Or they won't see anybody posting um, the alternate, the, the contrarian viewpoints to the propaganda. Um, mm -hmm. So it could work both ways. But actually, that's a good point, Drea, because we should get to a couple of super chats here before we wrap up. And we're like, 
I have to get to another interview and I'm just looking for, we missed one a while back. There it is. Um, from Cheryl Dawn B gives $5. Thank you. Why does C18 not apply to Twitter slash X? That's where I get all of my news. So yeah, this is a great question. Um, basically what Meta and Google have done is they have preemptively blocked news sources to show Canadians and show the government what it will look like when Bill C-18 is actually enacted. So it's been, it's passed. It just hasn't been formally enacted yet. And they are planning to do so by the end of this year. So in response to that, which Google and Meta both pushed back very strongly on this legislation, uh, they called it heavy handed, unnecessary. They knew that it would devastate the business aspect of their platform's success. And so they have preemptively blocked the news content to, to, to show the liberals just how far reaching this piece of uh, legislation will reach. Whereas Twitter slash X has not done that. And, uh, but Twitter will have to comply with those regulations when they become enacted, which is by the end of this year. Yeah, that's right. <clears throat> and your sound's cutting out just a little bit. So I'll read this one from Aresia or Arisa. Sorry if I said that wrong. Donates $5. Thank you very much. Says this Health Canada wanted to cut True Hope, amazing mineral supplement combating bipolar disorders. Interesting. And mm -hmm. God, food and loss, too much inappropriate power. You're right. It's, um, I didn't know about that particular situation i'll actually look into it but you're right that even you're seeing there's you know attack going on some of the natural stuff that you know is good for us and works and safe and see um so I'm not you know about that so i did a, an interview um with sean buckley he was i think i'm not sure if he was counsel for true hope but he was counsel for the family um they're from alberta when they were accused in the death of their toddler um the Stevens can't remember uh, their first names, but anyway, that was a huge deal back in 2014, I believe it was about a decade ago. Anyway, um, he's a constitutional lawyer, Sean Buckley, and I interviewed him where he's warning that Health Canada regulations will crush access to natural health products. And I do, I compare the two things um, toward the end of the article um, because this change comes uh, at the time that Health Minister Yves Duclos, uh, he's now the former Health Minister, but anyway, at the time he was, he pushes through a this regulatory framework that gives chemical drug companies a free pass to bypass informed consent. And so I hyperlinked to another interview that I did there on that specific topic. But what Health Canada is essentially doing is they're allowing pharmaceutical companies to uh, bypass the, the the typical checks and balances to bring their products to the market, while at the same time they're passing uh, bills and legislation to classify natural health products and require them to meet stringent demands as though they were a chemical drug. Um, so it's really working to suppress the natural health industry while giving a free pass to the pharmaceutical industry. And um, so I kind of contrast those two pieces of legislation in that particular interview and video report. And then, of course, as I mentioned, I hyperlink everything. So if you want to go and fact check for yourself what I'm saying, you can do that because um, we know that these misinformation advocates say that going out and, and researching for yourself is dangerous. Um, but I am a huge proponent of being able to fact check and follow the links and come to your own conclusion. So that's why I really go the extra mile to make sure that I hyperlink everything in there for anybody who wants to dig a little bit further and do their own research, contrary to what the misinformation elitists would have you believe. Well, on that so, note, without further ado, <laughs> we're about 13 minutes past, so I will wrap this up. Uh, thanks for joining us, Drea. Sorry if my audio had some issues and I'm sorry about your audio, but hopefully everybody could still listen in on the show. I guess just before we leave, we didn't touch on it at all, but we've covered it extensively, is the Tamara Leach trial. So she is in the courtroom again today for day six of her trial. You can find out all of our coverage on that at TamaraTrial.com. I would urge anybody who's following along to go check it out. We won't get into it at this point. Um, but if you're interested, you can find it all there. And we do have a written piece up and we'll have a daily wrap up as posted 
later this evening as we have done for the other five days of the hearings. Um, so everybody at home, thanks for tuning in. Thanks to all of our super chat rumble ranters and for everybody in behind the scenes who's helped make this live stream possible. Thanks to you, Drea. And there will be a team of rebels back here, same time and place tomorrow from 1 to 2 p.m. Eastern. So please join us again then. Stay safe and stay sane. You don't have the word booster here. I wanted to know, is that intentional? And are you wanting Canadians to change the way they look at getting the COVID vaccine? I think we wanted to um, emphasize this is an updated um, COVID-19 vaccine. Uh, and similarly, we update influenza vaccines as well. Um, and it will increase, and getting an additional dose will increase um, your immunity. Uh, antibody levels uh, and uh, also increase uh, vaccine protection against serious outcomes. Um, yeah, it's, it's a matter of terminology, but I think we're trying to standardize and simplify some of the um, various terms at the moment. Uh, I know perhaps Dr. Sharma has a take on that and uh, Dr. Tunis as well. Yeah, thank you, Dr. Tam. So yes, there's been lots of discussions amongst regulators around terminology. And so there was, there's an internationally agreed upon simplified um, dosing schedule now. So that's, it was, it, we won't see the words primary series as much or booster. And it's not quite stabilized yet, but the idea is that we'll get to a place where it may be much like the flu vaccines where people may be on a regular schedule getting uh, an updated vaccine. And so Really, I think there's more benefit just talking about the latest vaccine or the updated vaccine rather than going back to years ago when we were talking about your very first two doses or um, speaking about boosters. I, do, I don't mind the word booster because it actually does talk about what the vaccines or additional doses of the vaccines do for the immune system. Do you want to start feeling like your pre-COVID self again? You're not alone. The wellness company's Spike Support Formula is an all-natural supplement to help people do just that. It was created by cardiologist Peter McCullough and his expert team of doctors to help the people experiencing effects from COVID and the you-know-what. Go to twccanada.health slash rebel today.